0: dogs.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Dog Nation, it is good to be back with you. The University of Georgia Bulldogs have officially wrapped up G-Day. And Zirkel with his field goal, won the game for the Black team, 26-23, to securing the bag, securing stake for the Black team, while the Red team is going to have to have their beanie weenies as their, as their award for losing. Uh, Keegan, we talked a little bit about amongst ourselves about what we were looking, looking forward to coming into G day. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of hype this year, but around a bunch of spring games, but as the national champions, Georgia, I think is one of the few teams, if not the one that got televised, um, their spring game. So, um, your thoughts going in, did Georgia live up to the hype? Did you see some of the things that you were expecting to see offense defense?
0: Yeah, overall. From, from what I was really looking to see, I, I thought that uh, the G-Day exceeded my expectations, I would say. And mainly because I was thinking about this a decent amount and I think that we make G-Day's spring games more about, you know, who ends up on the listing come fall, you know? That's like, right. whose who's name is going to be in there? Yeah, it's right. like, like a depth chart thing. But, like, you know, playing in spring games just at the high school level, I mean, I imagine it's kind of similar. The experience of doing it for the team when you're on the inside of it is more about, you know, competition, uh, drilling down drills in general. Like, you know, if you're like an early enrollee, you're going to be like getting used to drills and that's going to kind of like set the foundation for the next you know three or four years that you're there. So, like, for the freshmen, it's, like, getting acclimated. For the seniors, it's kind of like, you know, you know, becoming the leaders and the vocal right. people, you know, cementing of the team. For the quarterbacks, it's about timing, you know. Like, we saw how, like, in the pandemic, the teams that didn't really have a that spring that had the continuity beforehand really succeeded because they had the timing down. So, like, each layer of the team, it's so much more than just, like, getting that one name at at the marquee listing. So from like that point of view, I was really impressed because what I saw was a super competitive game. You saw how it was said just how it was like a last minute field goal to win it. Like it was, it's, it's entertaining for the fans. Like the, the, the the guys were really into it. You know, they were, they were laying some hits like, you know, these are your teammates you've been battling against all season. Mm -hmm. Um, some, some guys, you know, stepped up uh, for, you know, for the fans' sake of, like, oh, he's going to be someone. And then for the coaches' sake of, oh, he's going to – you know, he made some plays. like or, or, oh, you know, he's got a little bit of work. Like, here's what we can, like, focus on when we're playing someone else with a stat column matters more. So, all of that is just uh, – I thought for the Georgia spring game, I thought it was an excellent game, and I thought it was a good step in the right direction because this is definitely not a rebuilding year but it's a, like, to, I think a good analogy might be, it's a good, re, it's, a, it's not a rebuilding year, but it's a rekindling year, you know, the fire has died down, a lot of the big logs that had this thing going, uh, <laughs> you know, are moving on, and we're gonna have, it's still there, there's potential for a big bonfire, you know, we got a big pile of logs to put on this guy to get it gassed up, but it's like, getting, you know, it takes some time to rekindle it. And that's really what it is, is getting that momentum, the chemistry and the competition. You know, it's never going to be the same. There's probably only going to be a handful of great, you know, lines and defenses like we saw last year. But to be able to, to rekindle the energy, you know, to match the competitiveness, to match the spirit and the passion and the uh, communication – that the guys before laid, that that standard can be met, um, and the physical intangibles will just play out. That's where the coaches have to go in and utilize and strategize, okay, this body versus that body. But the competitiveness, the discipline, and the spirit of the team, that's what this spring's about. So I know it's a dang long-winded answer, but thought about it. So how how did you feel about this spring, and were you surprised any – at any major position groups, I know I had some surprises. Like what? What were your thoughts on that? And what? What did you see that maybe stood out to you more so after the fact than maybe before the fact when you're just gonna preparing yourself on what you're looking for?
1: Yeah, start starting with the offense. Um, I had some expectations of what I'm looking for when you have uh, a national championship starting quarterback come back and Stetson Bennett. We can argue about you know whether he was the best last year. But this year, I think undoubtedly, Stetson Bennett is the guy. This is his team. Now, there's going to be people that are going to try to push the Carson Beck narrative, and while he did play well, he was in control of the Mm -hmm. offense and made a lot of good throws. I don't think he's ready yet. And, again, he doesn't give you the same dynamics. Stetson really is the guy this year. So, like, I think it's easier for even fans who were kind of on the fence with him last year to be all in. But spring is about the fundamentals. Right for the young guys, it is about acclimation, like you're saying. For the seniors, it is about you know finding, finding your role as in leadership. Where that vo- there's a void now when you have uh, all the players that we sent to the draft uh, leave. But the thing that I like about our podcast and people who pay attention at this level, like we do, if you watch the national broadcast, they're talking about even even last year, Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. We sat on this podcast and we talked about how we had seniors that waited their turn on this depth chart and we're going to make and we're going to make plays for us over the season the media doesn't talk about that they want to talk about the the stars whatever you know the first round pick guys but a team consists of like all 22 offense and defense so you know as far as the depth chart goes I wanted to see who's going to step up as far as wide receivers go and see what our offense is going to look like because I think this offense has a chance to put up 40 points per game every game I don't care who it is mind you we just came off putting 33 on Alabama uh, a normally better defender in the league but we have an offensive line that is mostly intact and bringing in more talent and we'll talk about Marius Mims later we have two running backs that are going to step right in and Kenny and Kendall and fill that void we have uh, wide receivers even though we lost Jermaine Burton I think people, most people were pleased pleased to see Eric Gilbert just go off and to really show what kind of potential this Mm -hmm. offense has. I mean, think about this just for a second. Regardless of the personnel that you want to do, Todd Munkin's going to have a field day, just scheming against defenses and putting these mismatched tight ends against linebackers and safeties. Mm -hmm. Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington, you can use two of them to block. You can use two two of them as wide receivers. You can slot one out along with our backs and our wide receivers. Dude, what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you right now, our red zone efficiency is going to be off the charts. If we get to the red zone, we're scoring. Like we're, we are scoring points and mostly touchdowns. I, I, you have a hard time convincing me otherwise, but um, I, I love what I saw from Don Blaylock. Again, Eric Gilbert with two touchdowns. And to me, I think this is the best tight end room in the country. No argument about it from, from the black team. So uh, I love to see it. Uh, on the defensive side, I was looking for that, in, that inside linebacker position and the D line. Uh, I wanted to look for run stoppers. And I think I got my questions answered when I saw that, uh, Juman or, um, yeah, Juman, Dumas yeah, Dumas. he led the red team. First team defense was red black team was first team offense. He led the D with, uh, a game high seven tackles. That's what we needed. And he filled the void. He's been getting a lot of praise, but to show up and do it is a whole different thing. So hats off to him. Um, defensively, was there anything that you were looking for, um, that or questions that you had that you got your answers to, or, or disappointed in, even?
0: Well, I would say that, like we had touched on, we have, you know, a historic defensive line departing, uh, several guys going to the league, and just on the field, performance wise, was complete dominance in the uh, mostly Dan Lanning led defense. So big shoes to fill. So I was kind of looking at that. And I think that we we have some guys mainly I would say that you know watching the film tyrion Ingram Dawkins nice. uh, you know he made some major uh penetrative moves some some good plays in the backfield a couple times and was really just giving the the uh, second team o all they could handle on the line so he was he was kind of dominant showed that they was they were a little outmatched and uh, that's what you want to see um granted like we'll see how it gets when it's you know an SEC opponent or a Clemson or whatever, but I think that we have the seeds for a strong defensive line. And that was something I was mainly kind of focused on uh, playing the position. And then I would say, you know, just looking at the D overall, um, can they communicate well? Can they, you know, get the plays out, shift as quick as they need to? Because like that has been something that in Georgia's best years, whether it be, Nikoby Dean, or whether it be Roquan Smith and these Kirby years. And, you know, you see it, all the great defense, you know, whether it's Teddy Bruschi or, you know, uh, Ray Lewis, it's like you, you're usually your Mike guy or one of the linebackers, but you got to have that vocal voice. Who's going to be that defensive QB have to so, have to. So that, so that for me is something that is still a big question mark. Um, it's hard to tell from one G-Day game, even if you go back and recap it several times to really get a a true diagnostic on where the program stands in that category. So, like, I think we have the talent on the field. Um, We have plenty of talent, and we have the physicality and some really great minds on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I I really trust the coaches, but, like, my biggest takeaway, question mark, still from watching that game is – like who's going to be the vocal quarterback at this point in the program? I'm not. I'm not quite clear on that, and I think you know that's for the coaches and players to figure out. But like, I'm looking at that, and I think that is going to be a major determinant if the the talent and the seeds and and waiting can step up and make. You know, I, I think it's going to be hard to match what we did last year, but can we can we succeed around the defense, and can the defense be a part of? the success we're looking for in a potential back-to-back situation. So, you know, th- that will, you know, TB, to be determined, you know, that's, yeah, that's TBD. Off on that. Yeah. So, but that's kind of my recap based on the basic. But I want to, if I could like
1: hop right there, because yeah. there's yeah. going to be a lot of speculation like, Oh, can Georgia repeat? Oh, can Georgia repeat? In college football, you don't really, you don't really repeat like that. You, you want to stay relevant. Alabama did it, but you know, Alabama was just like, tearing down the league at the time as Georgia fans we say this every year on the podcast what is our goal as the University of Georgia win the SEC East go to Atlanta win the SEC and then see where the chips fall because if you think about it this way from what you saw from G-Day that's a good team that we just fielded now think about all the injured players that have missed the spring that are going to be back for summer and are going to be back for fall workouts throw them in there and then the incoming right. freshmen that aren't on campus yet, this team still has a lot of growth and a lot of potential heights to reach. Now, is is it possible that we could repeat? Absolutely, but don't. It's not going to be a disappointment if we don't. So don't set that no. as the standard. It's every season is its own thing. You start by grinding out the SEC. Starting in Oregon will be good for our ranking nationally, but it really has no bearing on. You know, unless it comes down to, you know, if there's a tie or Alabama, you know what I'm saying? That last little, well, resume win, winners, right? Other than that, win the SEC, get back to Atlanta. We'll see how the playoffs shake out because one injury to one other contender could, boom, you're in there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, pump for the sure. brakes on that, on that bull, right? It's too early for all that. Don't get so caught up on the media narratives. That's, it's not important. It's not important at all.
0: Well, I do think that Georgia has the talent to, make a run for a back-to-back championship. That's all you can. And I you. think that I think that like if you get caught up in the expectation of that or get caught up on focusing too much on that, then it is kind of toxic. But I do think that, you know, they have that talent and as a fan there's only been so many windows. I mean, it could be like this for the next 10 years who it, knows like maybe exactly. maybe maybe kirby has just got us like that and we're going to be good for the next 10 years that's actually not like a, a far-off dream not at
1: all that's that's the not reality of where our program
0: is yeah like, that's cool so so maybe me as a fan i'm kind of like ah. i'm thinking oh, <laughs> oh shit like you know it's um it might this might be our play second chance in 40 years because it, you know it just was such a long time but actually it's I think that's kind of the temptation. But, yeah, yeah. I do think we have – we do have high expectations. But, yeah, on an enjoyment level, just for my psyche of enjoying the games, I'm I'm more excited this year in probably a healthy way than I was last year because the pressure was on. Like, right. I knew those guys were historic. I knew what we had. And I didn't know it was damn you know, 14, 15 draft picks. But I knew it was damn near a lot, enough to – enough to be like this is one of our windows we got to hit this guy so like uh this year i don't have that same type of confidence i do have you know high hopes but i think that i'm more excited in the fact of seeing like what they can make of it oh like y'all did all that now what like yeah you got some guys but can you develop that you know that's more of a challenge in a way so uh
1: I think it's funny how you mentioned like as a Georgia fan and, and you're completely right, but like, let's be, <laughs> let's keep it above you know, like, Georgia fans. When are we not the most optimistic fan base every year? Like for us, we always think we have a good football team, you know? And the thing the yeah. other fan base to say about us is like, Oh, you're always optimistic and you never get it done. Now we're in a legit window to where we could bust heads for a decade. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> Tip for your expectations. Like, this is this is the time to have high expectations to be justified in that. Just sprinkle some reason on top of that,
0: you know. Like, For sure,
1: keep your focus. SEC East, Atlanta. Well,
0: read it in context. Read it in context of where we're at now versus That's what I'm like it's it's not the same team, yeah. So like I think it's you can have championship hopes, but in context of this season, and really like you can only take that so far in April, <laughs> you know. That's like, true. You can. You can dream up all you want, but it's like we, we only really have till you know November to really have a beat on like where we're at, where things sit. So it was it was a great G day game in the sense of knowing, hey, we got some guys like seeing Arian Smith make some big catches. Like okay, oh, like we, there's there lethal. are some names talking about him, Dame Bla- uh, Don Blaylock. Uh, Ariet Gilbert. Um I've heard it pronounced. Rosemie,
1: Roseme Jack saying yeah, again Rose-me out there. Like, Scooping, so bro.
0: Like th- these are all guys that have we've had kind of been like, oh no, nah, we got a, a number two or a number three guy that's gonna step up or a potential number one guy that's like laying in wait. So we're getting all those guys back. Right. And we and and we got all the guys namesake dudes that were catching the ball last year back mm-hmm. the main young guys outside Conkey, the pickings yeah. left had the one or so game right and uh burton who transferred out so um it's it's a great it's it's great looking at that position groups are there any position groups that you've looked at and kind of are worried about i know it's not damn tight ends you know what i mean like no is it's, it,
1: it's still inside backer for me because we're just gonna i saw Chaz chambliss out there some other people that have potential, but like you're saying, when you when you've got to get when you got to try to replace a and maybe a Jordan Davis Jordan Davis's spot. Like we have some big guys, um, but you've got to be able to find similar caliber to what you have. Just big picture, go ahead and expect this Georgia team to be like this. From what I've seen, as of right now, this offense is going to take a big step forward. We're already doing mm-hmm. pretty good, but like maybe from 35 to like 42 points per game. Like that's how big I'm talking. Another Tutty the defense is going to take a step back. But as long as it's not like a huge drop-off, we're good in the secondary. We're pretty decent outside linebacker. There may be more blitzing this year versus run-stopping, right? Maybe we try to get more turnovers versus just like shutting everyone down. So there's different ways to win. But I think it's still going to be championship caliber to start, and we'll just have to see how it plays out.
0: I like that take. I've kind of feel the same way about the offense and the defense. Now, we saw... Uh we, you know, you kind of touched on this, Carson Beck, Stetson Bennett. There's a lot of little talk, but there's always this at this point. We know there's gonna be people that just wanna doubt Stetson because he's not just necessarily yeah, the, just the, the the sexy pick or whatever. But the success speaks for itself. And you know, speaking of that, I'll say that, you know, Stetson had a so-so day. Um, He had made some plays for sure, uh, a couple of sloppy ones too, but overall kind of, you know, at the end got the job done, which is kind of typical of Stetson. But I was pleasantly surprised to see Carson Beck have some confidence and really uh, deliver some amazing throws. He had like a 60-yard bomb one time. He had some other – Nice back
1: shoulder. I saw that nice back shoulder to Dom. That was was solid.
0: He had some – yeah, some like some really good plays to show – uh, some seeds of potential. Can he take it to the level of competition and have the fire and that dog mentality? He would need to, you know, carry a team to a win. I'm not, that goes to be decided, but you don't really know until you go out there, but I like that. He's grown as a player. Uh, we've heard about it, you know, forget what I just saw. You know, that was just one moment. All the people who are with him every day. say he's progressing a lot. And I would say that, uh, Overall, like, the offense looks pretty hot. Um, do, do you look at – now? just kind of, like, taking a step away, taking a step to the side from G-Day here. Do you, do you see after this uh, scrimmage that – are there any positions that you would be looking to add a transfer in? Like, if you had two, two transfers to come in uh, out of the portal, where would you place them if, you, if that was your allotted – roster budget. And mind, mind you, I think they're still, you know, getting the numbers kind of calculated for overall team scholarships. Right.
1: I think we're that, like five so. over at the moment with um, right? and we can we can go ahead and hop into, this Would be a good thing to go ahead and just hop into Marius Mims. Um, to be honest, I think Kirby's really, if there's one thing Kirby's really good at is the, is the roster construction. While we could use like a, a super talented starter at corner, at this point there are other corners that we have that are no names right now. Even some of the freshmen coming in, like, we just recruited a bunch of five-star, four-star, like, NFL-caliber DBs. And you don't want to stunt their growth or um, discourage them from staying here and competing. But, like, you know, if you throw a a vet right there ready to go, like, thinking just championship, some people are going to leave, right? And we saw that exact same thing, just to uh, go ahead and jump into Maris Mims. Um, He, right now, there's just some people that are ahead of him, just some vets. He's a generational talent, no doubt. And honestly, when I saw that he put his name in the transfer portal, I was really disappointed because that's that's a first-rounder. I'll tell you right now, dude's a first-rounder. But luckily, from, from what I'm hearing, he went down to Florida State, and the coach out there wanted to be a TikTok superstar. <laughs> and Amarius Smiths was like, nope. Go ahead and take my name up out the portal. I'm not going nowhere. I'll sit it out. Is that what happened? That's that's what they're saying. Norvell was like, "Hey, get a TikTok with me." And Amaris Mims was like, "No." Now the the FSU fans are just like, "That didn't happen. That didn't happen." I mean, obviously, you don't say that because that's embarrassing as hell. But um, I'm glad Amaris Mims is back because that's some real quality depth, as we've talked about on previous podcasts. Are too deep. Most of them could start anywhere in the country, and honestly, I think Amaris Mims is going to start before the season's over anyways. No disrespect to Xavier Trust or Warren, Warren Erickson. But they those two have shown that when the competition gets to the top tier, they tend to struggle with their feet and their quickness. They're huge, and they're good either run run blocking or pass blocking. But Marius Mims is the whole package. So uh, very glad to have him back, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think being able to secure the guys that are a little unsettled. Because any team you ever play on, when is it? when is there not a couple of guys that – you know, aren't quite happy with their playing time or, you know, their role on the team, et cetera. So I think, you know, in this day and age where you got to be a great recruiter to get people on your team, you have to be equally good at communicating and getting people to buy in to stay on your team. And I think that's really what Georgia should be aiming for is to get the kind of guy ahead of time who's going to be like that you don't want to get a bunch of you don't want more attrition than you're already going to have with guys right. in and out if you can just get people to realize that like what stunts your development is if you go to like three different you know you know jt daniels breaking news everyone most of you have heard he has selected the west virginia mountaineers
1: transferred to, transfer
0: to. you know him. i think that's a a good thing and, and kind of feeding right back into what I was saying is there's some familiarity with the coaching staff. Like he already was under that OC in USC when he was a former quarterback there. So, gotcha. you know, he, he made a smart move and, and also, you know, looking at, they have a ton of guys returning, uh, you know, like a hundred, like almost 200 can uh, starts of the offensive line coming back. Into the next season, so out of like,
1: conference, like not out of conference negatively, like perfect.
0: You know, glad he did it that way. Perfect, perfect little situation. Uh, but you know, like you, you want to look at continuity and think about like you know, he kind of was in a position where he probably needed to transfer. I guess um, it kind of made sense for him, but you know, he went to the right spot. So like, kind of like feeding back in. To re- recruiting the people you already have, it it, it is not a, a stretch or a false statement to say it can definitely like stunt your development as a player. If you got to you know learn you know everybody's better off in one scheme or another based on like their skill set, their body type. So if you get recruited by one that fits you, and then you transfer to two others that are like not so great, and you got to learn new systems you didn't progress in a, like, you know, progression's already not in a straight line. So, like, you stunted your progression as a player by doing that.
1: You got to be careful. So,
0: like, Absolutely. you know, I'm not saying don't transfer. If it fits your needs, like, by all means, do what's best for you and your family, especially if you're going to be getting some money. But at the same time, realize, like, you know, transferring isn't just transferring. You're, you're you know, if, if Georgia can build a program, this is important now, if Georgia can build a program, where guys realize that if they stick with it and get better and compete, develop in that system. Maybe they don't play as much as they want to, but they're developing in that system, especially if it's a pro out system that's taking guys to the league. We've already seen it. We've had like three or four guys this last year that hadn't got much playing time, all going to be drafted. Not got stats, stats. Yeah. Not got his stats. Going to be making that money you know because they're ballers because their physicality speaks because the tape speaks because the, training, the program the combines the coaching speaks. exactly bro all that speaks so like you got to recruit guys that understand that and believe in that because like one of the best quarterbacks to come out of the draft in the last few years Mac Jones perfect example of that and if you look at guys that transfer around and don't have like one skill set they develop mainly in like one program not – not, uh, you know, there, it's, there's exceptions. It's not the rule. But, like, a lot of these guys struggle. Like, I, I haven't really seen too many just – well, I, I guess I'm making a kind of a blanket statement. But, you know, I, it, to me it seems like it stunts their growth. Like, you can look at, like, a Russell Wilson and say, you know, he kind of did it. But, like, a lot of the tra- – I, I don't know too many, like, big-name transfer guys that went around program hopping – and then eventually made it on, you know, the cover of Sports Center. What oftentimes happens is, oh, they went to this program, and then they found someone they didn't like there, and so they transferred to this program, and then then they did this, and then they went to Last Chance View, and now they're, you know, selling cars at Honda. And that's cool and all, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. how many guys do we know that fell out of grace with all their five stars and all their potential like endorsement and IL money. Right. And now they're not doing shit. And that's, it's a shame to, you know, maybe that wasn't their path. That's between them and God. You we all got to learn our things, but like, there's a lot of people out here who got talent that are getting a lot of things fed in their ears, telling them, Oh, you can make this, you can make that like a damn near large percentage of those guys are not, they're just regular people that let it all like kind of fall between their hands. And like, to me, I think it goes back into, like, it's, it's as simple as the seed and the soil. You know, like, if you don't got good soil, you're not going to grow. Like, if you're in the wrong potter box, doesn't matter if you're supposed to be the most magnificent tree, you're not going to grow. So, like, players got to realize this shit. And someone needs to let these people know that, like, just because you got five stars by your name and, you know, two people are taking your picture today does not mean that you're you're promised anything. Like, it's a shame. Because, you know, potential is a real thing. And, like, it's something to behold when you got that potential and you know it. But, like, we just got – we got too much transferring happening right now. Like, way, 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 way too much transferring. There's a lot. But I I feel
1: like there is also some situations where it works, like Jermaine Johnson. For sure. You know, like Clay Webb. We've talked about him being a five-star center who I thought was going to crack the rotation for a while. It doesn't always work. But like you need to, you just need to understand the situation. It's not always going to be green exactly. on the
0: other side. It's not yeah, I'm not green. giving. I don't think either one of us could give like the exact advice in a blanket statement. No, but it's each hard. person, every everybody needs to recognize that this is like, you know, like go into a system that's going to fit you. Number one, going somewhere where you think you're going to thrive, like as a person, like you know what I mean. Like your mental emotional health is a big part of like how you show up so like if you're a homebody and you you know are a georgia boy at heart and you know you're a homebody and you got to be around mama every saturday don't go to california if you're from georgia like you're setting yourself up for for like three transfers back to you know georgia state (laughs) thanks you know and watching the bench because they want a mobile qb and you're passing qb or something stupid like like just, just know that it, it's not going to be so smooth. Like it's important to like in the in the age where we grew up, like a ton of people ended up going to Oregon because of the jerseys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Dude, that's where we're at. The jersey is And Twitter right, followers, <laughs> right. like, like what? Like I think Led Zeppelin are, said man. it best. Like what? Uh, Led Zeppelin said it best. You know what? Sh- what always shimmers is not always gold. You know, like you tell somebody. It's not always about what things look like from the yeah, outside. Tell so, so, you know, I just want I just want the kids to succeed. And man, I brace my heart. We've had like a lot of people pass through where I'm from. All the talent in the world, tons of money, like at their hands, like in this, you know, one decision, one bad decision after another. They're just, you know, they got nothing but a good story to tell you, you know, to show for it, and that's that's and that's something, you know what I mean? That's life. You Can't take it with you anyway. So all we can do is learn. But like, I just, I just am like, I'm very wary of where this transfer thing is because it's not just the nil money. It's not just the like, oh, let's keep things the same old. It's like, I, I'm like picking up people all the time. I'm Uber driving half the time, and I meet young people all the time do not have a clue on like what they want to do. They might have an inkling, but they're just trying to figure it out. So like to put these big life decisions in their hands and just like have them just be, you know, flirted with by any program that calls them or has a, a good like graphic designer to put them in a, in the right Jersey, just kind of, it just kind of worries me and we, we can uh, return to this subject because I'm feeling a little old and, and rancy now, but like, you know, uh, it's, it's truly the free market college football experience. Like, I wonder, like, when we do have a game, you know, like a video game, if there will be a part in the game where you can actually recruit <laughs> other teams' players. <laughs> like, if me and you and Chris are in a league online, well, can I, like, be messaging them on the low, like sending them Zaxby's T-shirts, talking about chicken fried deals and such? Like, like how, you know what I mean? Like, how does this play out? Like, wh- what do you feel like? Is like, you know, the, Tennessee just landed a big QB. There's speculation this guy's getting millions of dollars. Like, what, where do you draw the line as a fan, as someone who's invested in the sport? Like, what, where, where would you draw the line? Like, is there an amount of money that's too much? Or is there, uh you know, like, what, like, what, what parameters to, to ease my pain since I've like, you've let me vent and all dog nation is. It, heard my cry, like, what What would you do to, to rectify or ease my mind about it other than telling me just not to worry about it?
1: <laughs> I mean, I said from the beginning, I, I thought it was going to – there's always unforeseen consequences that come with this, and it's just not encouraging – This our society as it is right now, let alone football players, like, it's not really encouraging to – for anybody to just stay the course. And it's hard to justify going back to the old ways. When you see coaches uh, team hopping, when you see people – People that are 14, 16, 17, 18 on social media, making millions and getting jobs and getting sponsorships. But at the same time, with that big amounts of money, like comes the dark side of it too. Like, how many professional athletes have you heard of that, you know, their agent stole from them and they they got one injury and just mishandled their money and are gone? I mean, just think back as as recent as Trenton Thompson, that yeah. UJ. Trent Trenton Thompson was the number one player out of high school, five-star a prototypical D tackle that should have just dominated, but you know, he had some, he had some issues like with the attitude the the physical ability was never in question, but like, he just didn't want to grind it out and he definitely didn't have Kirby's endorsement. I think he rubbed Kirby the wrong way. And um, now you don't hear about him. So, I mean, just a, just a word of caution, like look at some of these things that happened before you, you know, there's always that story about the big bus, like, yeah, you can go get a paycheck. You can absolutely go get a paycheck but money runs out quick when you want to live that life before you really got it instead of like yeah. grinding it out, maybe being just a two year starter as a junior or senior going to the league, being a top 10 NFL pick like Trevon Walker. People weren't really talking about Trevon Walker that much outside of UGA before or now. And I don't care what anybody says. Like Trevon Walker is going to be better than Adrian Hutchinson. These men, these Michigan guys, I don't even know why they keep getting all this hype as if we didn't just bury everybody on their defense. With offensive guards playing tackle. So, like, I don't – but, I mean, there's just got to be some parameters. Like, maybe one-time transfer or, like, just an incentive. Just let these kids think for a second. Like, if you do make this move, you're stuck here. Because what's going to happen is these college kids are going to have to get agents, and it's just going to be this crazy free agency. But – We could go on all day about that, uh, but I want to go ahead and hop into just some other news outside of G-Day, outside of UGA, uh, because Jordan Davis represented UGA at uh, Truist Stadium with the Braves as both the University of Georgia Bulldogs and the Braves celebrated their championships last year, like with a ring ceremony. And again, um, trophies, Jordan Davis, Dooley was there to celebrate. So a real good time for Georgia fans and Georgia fans who have been long-time fans of both these teams waiting for a ring and then to have them the same year, mm, most of us can die happy. Um, other than <laughs> right. that, uh, Braves have started the season. It was a short spring, so Braves are a little bit under 500 right now. But with a short uh, spring, it's going to be like that. The pitcher is still working on, you know, their good stuff, and trust the offense is going to come back. So Braves are in good shape. And then, as we stand right now, the Hawks are in the playoffs. They did clinch the eight seed, so their reward is to play the number one seed, Miami Heat, which I think is a bad matchup for them. Uh, Trey Young's been a beast all year, led the league in points and assists. But as it stands right now, they're down 0-2. And when you have a bunch of wing defenders, you can throw it, Trey. It makes it hard. Uh, Now the series switched back to Atlanta and game three, game four. Critical if you want to make some noise. Um, Other than that, Keegan, any other Atlanta sports, any other sports news that we may have missed that we can wrap up with?
0: Atlanta sports news. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, man. Good. Um,
1: And what we have to look forward to is the NFL draft it's going to be uh, a real good one for us as Georgia fans because we are going to see um, what I consider a bunch of these defenders and even players like George Pickens. These are steals. They're not getting all the hype. Like, so be it. You watch this tape. We have some real quality players that are going to help some NFL teams. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and I cannot wait to knock out that podcast personally.
0: Me too. I'm excited to see where like George Pickens goes, you know, like there's a few guys that Atlanta might actually snag, which would be, just just great I know uh I don't trust anytime like you, you I don't either but you know I think that they I think that Georgia and Atlanta are too close that they I feel like if they snub too many Georgia guys they're just gonna lose my confidence you know what I mean but I I feel like we really might get a one or two and they just picked up um defensive ends from, from uh, New York yeah from New York from New York was, it, was it Lorenzo
1: uh, was it Lorenzo Carter
0: yeah Lorenzo Lorenzo Carter nice. so yeah so you know they they got some sense in them you know they, Raff, they're doing Raff all right it's
1: gonna be fun i'm hoping that george yeah. Pickens can go maybe team up with matt ryan where he's at and maybe help fight in oh the alc gosh. we gonna see but uh That'd but be yeah cool. it's be gonna cool. be good but um dog nation we appreciate you guys uh, i know it's been a little minute so we just want to get you all caught up uh keegan i appreciate your time as always and guys you know what it is off the leash off the leash <laughs>
0: I do it for the dogs. Do it for the dogs. dogs. Do it for the dogs, dogs. I do it for the dogs. My dogs. I do it for my dogs.